If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 23. You probably know this, it's six verses, probably one of the most six verses that are quoted in an entire chapter in the Bible. But Psalm 23, I want to talk to you this weekend, just for a few moments, about seasons and, uh, and seasons that we deal with in life. And this is kind of what, what as, a, as a communicator, as a pastor, this is a standalone message. I'm not in a series, uh, and so we've kind of ended that, and we, we're not starting a new series until next weekend. So this is an opportunity for me to kind of get to uh, do what I say, preach out of the overflow. Uh, I think um, as a pastor, as a leader, uh, before I'm all of that, I'm a Christ follower, which means I need to be self-feeding on God's Word. And, and so this is something, some of those things are very personal and private that are just between me and the Lord, but some of those things are things that I feel like I'm supposed to share from time to time, and this is one of those things. And this weekend, we, it marks the beginning of a new season. Uh, which is called summer, and I love summer. I don't know if you love summer, but I, I love summer. I love everything about summer. I love ice cream, and, and I love barbecues, and I love sweet corn, and I, I, love, uh, I love the green grass and the green trees. And, man, it's like everything's on steroids this year in my lawn. It's like last year we had that funky kind of a early spring, cold snap summer, and it dwarfed everything. This year it's like miracle grow, you know, it's just awesome. Uh, I love everything about summer. I love the breaks. I love going to the lake. I love golfing. I, I just, I, I just, you know, the whole thing. And, um, and, and if you ever notice when people, when you're talking about seasons or you're talking about the weather, you can be standing on the street corner, uh, pumping gas at Speedway, uh, talking to someone in the line at the supermarket, and people will talk about weather. And it's because we're all experiencing the same weather. You know, it's rainy today, it's sunny today, it's, man, it's so nice today, man, it's such a cool breeze today, man, the snow's coming. What, whatever it may be, you, you have a tendency to talk about that because it's one thing that we have in common. But what's interesting to me is that the physical season that we may be living in may be completely different than the emotional or spiritual season that we're actually experiencing in our lives. So we may be living in summertime physically, but we may be really going through a wintertime experience in our lives. We, we may be in the spring physically, but we may be in a time of, of fall in our lives, of inventory and of taking, of taking reflection. And um, Psalm 23 talks about this, and, and this is something that I, I love about Scripture. Uh, the Bible is living and breathing. It, it's the infallible, inspired, and inerrant word of God. And it's organic, which means it's constantly, it, it's, it never returns back void. It's not, it's not something that's dead. It's, it's alive in essence. And so because it is, because it's God's word and it's alive, uh, it, it, there are nuances and meanings that uh, you can see that have been there since God spoke it, but it's like a fine diamond. It, it's like just different light refractions as you begin to turn the diamond. You begin to see it from different perspectives and, and see di different nuances that you didn't see before. And I want to share something with you from this passage that I really felt like the Holy Spirit uh, kind of illuminated or gave revelation to to me that really is, talks about this whole idea of season. So I want to read this, and I want to go back into it, just kind of unpack it for a few minutes, and then, then we'll be done. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. For he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I've read this passage a gazillion times. 
And I've always viewed it as like, oh, this is something that I memorized, and this is something that you see like matted and framed on a wall. I think my grandmother had it cross-stitched in the bathroom, uh, kind of a deal. It, it's a great text for a funeral or for a graveside if you're a minister and you're doing that. But as I began to read this, there's some nuances, some perspective to this that I just didn't see. The, the author is David, and he's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's reflecting upon life and how life works. And, and there's two immediate observations in, in verse 1 as we look, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's talking about this whole journey, this whole life, the ups and downs, the ins, the outs, the good days, the bad days, the, the, the mountaintop experiences in the valleys. And through all of this, who is present in this life and in this journey? God. There's six verses. And there are 11 references to God in this passage, either by Lord, capital L-O-R-D, or by the personal pronoun he. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And, and so God is present through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. The second observation there out of verse 1 is who's the constant through all the, the peaks and the valleys of life, through the good days and the bad days of life? God. He's there. He never leaves. His presence is constant. He's consistent. In a good day and in a bad day, God doesn't change. Nothing ever occurs to God. Nothing ever like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Nothing blindsides God. It's there. And so as I walk through this, I see David speaking really about seasons of life that we're in and that God is the constant and that God is present in all of this. So let's just look at these. The first season that we see that he deals with is summer, which is a time of peace and rest. Summer, a time of peace and rest. Verse 2 and verse 3, if you have your Bible, you can look there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It's only green in Wisconsin in the summertime. Hallelujah. Amen. He leads me beside still waters. If it was wintertime, it's frozen. They're not, right? Okay. Uh, he restores my soul. And, he, and, and so we get this, we see this view of God. Of, we see this view of this season of summertime, of peace and of rest. And that's what summer is. And on this beginning weekend of summer, I would encourage you. Is, is enjoy the summer because fall is coming and winter's going to come. You know, just enjoy that time. But in your own life and in your own journey, if you're in a season of summer, take the peace, take the rest. The second season that we see is, is a growth and development. It's springtime of growth and development. Look at verse, the, the verse 3b, the second part of verse 3. He, God, leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So it's a path, it's a journey. And righteousness is not automatic, the Bible says. Righteousness is something that we are walking, we are following Jesus, we are on a journey. So there's growth and there's development that's there. It's a time of, that's what springtime is, it's a time of growth, it's a time of development. So, so there's a time where I lay by still waters and I lay in green pastures, but then there's a time where I get up and I begin to walk and I begin to journey and I begin to walk through these paths, if you would, these paths of righteousness. And God begins to develop me, begins to grow me. And he begins to do something in me. And so it's, it's a time of growth. The third season that he talks about in verses 4 and the beginning of verse 5 is winter. It's a time of death and trial. Death and trial. It's a season of winter. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So wherever you are, God, you're there. 
I love what David says. If I ascend to the heavens, God, you are there. And if I make my bed in the pit of hell, you are there. I cannot escape you. And so there are seas, there's a season of winter where you're walking through trials. You're walking through tribulations. You're going to this valley. You're, you're going into this lowland. You're, you're going to, to a time of seeming death. Maybe it's a death of a dream. Maybe it's a, it's, 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 it's a death of someone very close to you. Maybe it's a season where you thought things were going to work out this way and they worked out that way. You thought that the job was going to pan out and it didn't. You thought that this was going to happen. Maybe it's by your own choosing. Maybe it's by sheer circumstance, but you're walking through a valley of shadow of death. And in that time of, of, of winter, in that time of trying, in that time of, of almost impending pain, you can know that God's there. Now, I want you to understand something. I, I don't, I think it's important. And, and if you're going to read scripture from a balanced perspective, uh, my grandfather used to say, for every one mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. Speaking about country roads, you ever been on a country road? Country road, take me home to the place where I belong. West Virginia, okay, I'm sorry. So, right, so you're on this road, and for every mile of road, there's a ditch on the right-hand side, and there's a ditch on the left-hand side. And my grandfather used to say, Aaron, always stay on the high ground. Always stay right on the road. Don't go to the right, don't go to the left. Don't get off this way, don't get off that way. People try to pull you this way, people try to pull you that way. Just stay on the high ground, stay on the road, stay on the center ground. And I think there's a balanced perspective of Scripture, and so what I mean by that and how this applies to this is because sometimes we like to think that if I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I'll never have any bad days. Nothing bad will ever happen to me. Well, that's not biblical. If you have a theology of prosperity, and I do, I believe God's a good God and he blesses us and he takes care of us. And I believe he redeems even the things that the enemy would try to use to destroy us for our own good. You also must balance that. The other ditch on the other side of the road is, is, is a theology of pain and suffering. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to endure pain and suffering, but it doesn't mean that you will always escape it either. Because uh, if you look at pain and suffering as only happening to someone who is wrong or who is sinful, um, then the reality of that is, is that anytime you encounter pain and suffering, which is sometimes part of this world, unfortunately, the Bible says it's going to be part of this experience, that something's wrong with you, and that's not necessarily always the case. And so there's got to be balance there. There, there, There's got to be a balance in this. And so there are going to be seasons, even in the life of a Christ follower, where you're going to go through winter, where you're going to go through trial and through tribulation, through death and through parting. And God's going to be with you. That's what I love about this passage. He's not going to leave you or forsake you, even if it's in the presence of your enemies, even if it's in the valley of the shadow of death. He will comfort you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But God's not a bridge over troubled waters, contrary to this famous song. He's one that walks with you in the water. There's a total difference in that. And the fourth season that David deals with is a season of fall, which is a reflection and inventory. A season of fall, which is reflection and inventory. The end of verse 5 and verse 6, he says, but you anoint my head with oil. So he gives kind of this contrast, this perspective of all these things he's been talking about, the highs of the, of the green pastures, and the lows of the, uh, of, of the valley of the shadow of death. He said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over, which means I'm blessed. Even though I've gone through some bad days, I'm still blessed. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all, all the days of my life. He's speaking into his future. And I, this last phrase, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, is, is, a, is a foreshadowing, in essence, of, of eternity. It's, it's speaking of this world will come to an end. And when it comes to an end, I know that heaven is my home. And so he speaks to this as a time of reflection, as a time of, of taking inventory, of kind of comparing and contrasting everything that's going on. 
Now, I want you to notice something. He starts with summer, then he goes to spring, then he goes to winter, then he goes to fall. It's not all in a chronological order. Because the seasons in our life, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, mentally speaking, socially speaking, are not always sequential. They don't always begin with winter and then go to spring and then summer and then fall. And they're not always chronological. They don't always fall in order, which means you can go from a season of summer into a season of winter. And you can go from a season of winter where you've gone through a trial or tribulation and then go into a season of fall where you become very reflective and contemplative and begin to take inventory of what's happening before you ever get out of that season. So these things happen and we don't all face the same things, but there are constants in each season. There's some constants in each one of these seasons that he talks about. First of all, it's change. Change is inevitable. You're not always going to walk through green pastures. You're not always going to be led by still waters. You're not always going to be on a path for righteousness. You're not always going to be in the valley of the shadow of death. You're not always going to be in the presence of your enemies. And ultimately, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But there may be days and seasons where you feel very far away from that. Change is constant. Change is constant. It's going to happen. If you don't like the season that you're in right now, hang on. It's going to change. That's what I tell myself every March when winter's hanging on. In March. Isn't that crazy? And we live here. But anyhow, I'm just saying, it's one of those deals where you go, there will come a day. I'm just drinking my cup of coffee, looking over the snow-covered backyard and going where that snow will melt. And the grass will turn green. And isn't it beautiful green here? Oh, my goodness. And, uh, and the birds will come back. How they survive, I don't know. And the mosquitoes, God help us all. How did they survive the winter? Really, somebody help me with that. So it'll all happen, and the critters will all come back, and life will come back, and summer will be here. But right now, I'm in a season of winter. But you hold on, it's not always going to be this way. And if you're in a great season, enjoy it. Enjoy it. If you're in a season of summer, enjoy it. Take advantage of it. Don't let it pass you by. Don't waste time. But if you're in a rough season right now, hang on. Don't quit. I'm telling you, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just don't quit. And you, it's okay to ask questions why and, and whatever, but just hang on. Just trust that God's walking you. Even if it's through the valley of the shadow of death, he's walking with you. Another constant that's in each season is, is God's presence. God's always there. Sometimes we forget this. And I used to think we just forgot it in the wintertime where it was really bad. We feel like God's turned his back on us. But I think many times where we forget God the most is in the good times. When things are prosperous, when things are good, when things are going well, when, when God's blessing us, we get a new job, we get a new house, we, 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 we get an answer to prayer, we, 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 we get a pay raise, we, 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 we have, we're on vacation, and we just kind of forget God until there comes that season of winter again. But regardless where you are, God's still there. I mean, again, I go back to that passage. That uh, you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wherever you are, whether you're walking by still waters or whether you're in the presence of your enemies, God is still there. He never leaves you. And the last constant that we see in each one of these seasons is ultimately these seasons are for your benefit. They're ultimately for your good and for my good. 
whether I'm walking on a path of righteousness and I'm growing and I'm developing, whether God's taking me through a season of wintry trial, whether he's taking me through a time of reflection and contemplation and I'm taking inventory of my life and I'm in the autumn of my life or, or whether I, I'm in the summer of my life. God is ultimately, I love that word forever, it speaks of eternity in the original language, when I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David says there's going to come a day where these seasons will cease, is what he's saying. There's going to come a day where the ups and the downs will be gone. There's going to come a day where I won't feel pain and there won't be parting and there won't be disruption in my life. And I will dwell in God's house forever, which means things will always be good. Things will always be as they should. And God will be present. And I will never have to fear. I'll never have to worry. There'll be no parting. There'll be no sorrow. That word forever speaks of eternity. Speaks of the hereafter. Speaks of the time where we will be done with the struggle of sin and of pain and of this world. And that we will be truly free at last. Ultimately, these seasons are all going to develop me. A calm sea never made a skillful sailor. Struggle produces strength. Remember when your children were trying to learn how to walk? And they're just like weeble wobbles, you know? Remember weeble wobbles? No, some of you don't. Okay, some of you do. Yeah, okay, kids of the 80s. You, and you will, okay. So I'm just saying what happens is, is they have to learn how to pull up. They have to learn how to use the muscles in their legs. And parents, you're there, but you've got to let them learn how to walk on their own, which means they will fall, but they'll get up. And they'll cry, but they'll stop sometime. But that struggle produces a strength physically in their legs and in their upper body in order to help them truly pull up and to walk. And without the struggle, there's no muscular development. And without muscular development, there's no mobility. And without mobility, there's limited capacity. And God knows this in our own lives. If all we have are green pastures and still waters, we never grow, we never develop. If, if all we have are wintry trials, then we're just going to be depressed and beyond recognition. If all we have is contemplation and reflection, we're never growing. If we never have springtime in our life where we grow, where we develop, where God's leading us, we never get to where he ultimately desires for us to be. So questions I think you need to ask yourself as we close today. What season are you in? What season are you in? Remember, everybody in this room is in a different season. You're in a different time. But remember, God has a plan and a purpose, and God is there in that season. Are you in a season of wintertime? Are you in a season of summertime? Are you in a season of, of fall and reflection and contemplation? It's important that you understand what season that you're in. And understand that your season may not be the same season as somebody else, and that's okay. Second question, what do you think God is trying to teach you? What do you think God is trying to teach you? He's growing you. He's developing you. Don't fight it. Don't fight the season that you're in. Lean in and learn. Lean into it and learn. Why? Because if you don't finish the season, you'll repeat it. It's true. And so even if you're in a season that you don't like, you can say that to God. God, I don't like this. He understands that. Look, you're, can I just tell you something? He knows your thoughts. So just because you don't verbalize it doesn't mean that he doesn't know it. Just tell him, I, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. God, why am I going through this? 
And then just simply say, God, give me grace to walk through this. This is what I feel like you want from me. This is where I'm at right now. I mean, you, you may be in a season right now where, where it, it's your, your marriage, it's your home, and everything feels like it's disintegrating. And the easiest thing to feel like to do would be to give up and to walk away. But the reality is, is that that's actually the hardest thing to do. The, the easiest thing to do is, active, is, is actually counterintuitive to what is the easiest thing. And what I mean by this is because if you leave that marriage and you just walk away and just go, I'm just going to leave it and I'm just going to walk away from it and I'm just going to let it disintegrate and let it dissolve because it's tough and it's hard right now and I'm just frustrated and whatever. Then what you do is when you leave that marriage, it's like a, it's like a sticky note. It's like a post-it note. You just you lose adhesion. And as you go to the next relationship in the next place, all of a sudden you try to rebond and reconnect. And all the issues that you had in this marriage, you're bringing into this next marriage because you never left here, right? You can't go someplace else, right? And in your mind, you think if I could just be with a different person, it'll change. But the problem is, is wherever you are, there you are. And you're part of the equation. And so the easiest thing to do is to figure out what the issue is and what's going on and why are we fighting and why are we in this and what's going on and let's walk through this because, because ultimately the best thing for you to do is to figure that out there because if you don't figure it out with this person, you're going to take that to marriage number two, marriage number three, marriage number four. See, there's just times in our lives where the enemy of our soul will just say, just get out, leave, just, just stop. And God wants you to fight. God wants you to... He wants you to lean in. He wants you to learn. He's trying to teach you something, even when you're in your presence of your enemies, even when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What's God trying to teach you? Have you thought about that? And if you don't know, just ask him, Lord, show me, what are you trying to teach me through this season? What am I supposed to learn through this season? And the last question is, are you learning or are you resisting? Whatever it is he's trying to teach, are you learning or are you resisting? If you don't learn and develop, you're going to repeat that same season. Because life is not linear. Life doesn't begin here and end here. And it's just one straight line of sequential events. Life is cyclical, which means it comes around in cycles. It's like a merry-go-round. If you want to get on the pink pony, you've got to get on him there. And if you don't, you've got to wait till he comes all the way back around to get back on. The deal is, is, is this, we see this in, in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. God takes the nation of Israel and he takes them from slavery and bondage and he's taking them through the desert to get to the promised land. But they can't get it. So what does God do? He lets them walk around in a circle for 40 years until they die. <laughs> until the Joshua and Caleb generation come up and say, we believe that God's big enough to do this. And so let's go take the promised land. And they do. Because if you resist it, you just keep walking in the same circle. And some of you go, why do I keep dealing with the same issues? Why do I keep dealing with the same problems? Why does it feel like this keeps happening to me? Is there something wrong with me? Am I attracting this? No, you're not learning. And you run from it and you eject. Why do I go from job A to job B to job C to job D? And I keep dealing with the same problems. And there are legitimate reasons why they fire you. There's legitimate reasons why you quit. But the problem is if John's got a problem with Sally and John's got a problem with Sarah and John's got a problem with Susie, John's got a problem. I know that's real deep. Maybe God's trying to teach you something. You keep getting in debt. Maybe there's something to do with your financial situation. It's not about how much money you make, but it's how you spend your money that puts you in that. 
I don't know what the issue may be, but you just keep coming around to things. It's because God wants to grow and develop you. That's what we're trying to do on this earth and this planet. God, do in me what you want to do in me. Grow in me. Lead me. Help me. So what season am I in? Am I learning or am I resisting? And what happens if you try to skip out on a season and you try to bypass the season? That's where you exhaust yourself. You burn yourself out. That's where breakdowns occur. That's where your whole life just kind of blows up or it implodes. So wherever you are today, I would remind you what Romans says, that your steps are ordered of the Lord. I would remind you of what Solomon said, the son of David who wrote the 23rd Psalm in the book of Ecclesiastes, that there is a season for everything. A time to rejoice, a time to mourn, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to, to, to work, and a time to cease from working. There's a season for everything. And I love what the book of Genesis says, that seasons are certain and that seasons will endure until Jesus comes back. Before the fall of man, for as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Which means there will be a time to plant, a time to weed, a time to harvest, and a time to cease from work. When sin enters the earth and God begins to de decree what's going to happen from the effect of the fall of man, he ends that conversation with, as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Every farmer knows this. I was born in an agricultural town in northeast Arkansas. I'm just telling you, it's just the way it is. They understand that there's a time to plant, a time to weed, a time to harvest, and a time to allow the earth to regenerate itself for the next springtime. When God can't handle the, 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 the depravity of man and he floods the earth only to save Noah and his family, when Noah gets onto dry ground and, and, and builds an altar unto God, God speaks once again, for as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. What it means is there will be a certainty of season and it will continue to happen. I don't know what season that you're in, but every one of us are in a season. And I think it's important that we realize that, that we learn from that, and that we grow from that. As a church, we're in a season. We're in a great season. We're in a kind of a season of summer. I mean, we're, we're seeing God do great things. On the Germantown campus, there's a new facility, and we just opened the, the uh, student center today. And it's a great time. And I would tell us as a church, we need to embrace this season and enjoy this season and, and not become weary in this season and really enjoy what's happening. It's okay to celebrate. It, it, it's okay to, to enjoy some things. It, 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 it's, it's good. It's healthy. There, there are times where you just do that. Because there will be a season that will change. And it will become hard or difficult or reflective or growing and developing. It's just the way it works. In my own life, that's part of what's happening. I'm going into this sabbatical for the next 30 days, and I'm in this season of rest. And the reality is, is to get to here on this, on this stage speaking to you today, it's been a three-year journey of vetting architects and construction companies, having conversations prior to that, having to, to, to buy a shopping center in Germantown and pay that off and walk through all of that with two capital campaigns, and then to get to the point of zero to be able to go in and then began to design the building only to walk into an architect's office and say, hey, my budget's seven and a half, eight million, and for them to come back with an $11 million building. And if you're in construction at all, you understand you can only value engineer about 20%. That puts me at nine million, which means I can't build a building. Walking out going, God, what are, what's going on? I don't understand this. 
walking through that whole process of finally being able to put together a facility only to, to then be able to show it to you and say, do you like this? Because if you don't, we've got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, you like it. Well, the good news is you've got to pay for it. So now we've got to start doing that for a year. And then you get into the construction side and you get into all of this. And so there's just this season for me where what I've got to do is rest and recharge my batteries so that I can go into the next season that God has. I don't know what season that you're in, but it's important that you do. And it's important that you lean into that and it's important that you understand that God's with you. And what I wanna do today is I just want to to pray. At the Germantown campus, at the West campus, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, I wanna pray today for you that God will help you, will help us. Father, I just thank you today for what you're doing. God, I thank you, Lord, for for the facility that you provided us with at Germantown campus. Lord, I thank you, God, for for the congregation that's growing and flourishing there at the West Campus. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our city. I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And Lord, we thank you, God, for this time and this season of, of summer that you're bringing us. And I just pray that we as a church would enjoy this time. We would enjoy what you're doing. And I pray, God, that you would help us also personally to, to pull back and to look and see where we are individually maybe in our home, and our family, and identify that. And don't push away from it, because you brought it to us, but to lean into it. And I just pray, God, that you would help us, each and every one of us, to be able to, Lord, not quit and not give up if we're in a season of, of winter. For a season of fall, God, show us what we need to see. Help us to take correct inventory and reflection. And to really have a right perspective, your perspective. We're in a, a season of springtime. It's fun. It's exciting. But there's a lot of work and there's a lot of things that are going on. And we can tire ourselves out very easily that we keep good pace. Lord, if we're in a season of summer, help us to rest. And for some of us, that's very difficult just to take a break and rest. And enjoy some of the fruit of our labor. Wherever we are, God, today, I just pray that you, Lord, you would lead us and you would guide us that we would trust you, that we would look to you, and that we would trust you with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.